Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline. And we're back here in the book cave for another exciting discussion. Yeah. Um, this time we will be discussing Endless Summer by Elder, I'm sorry, Ellen Hildebrand. Yes. Um, it really reminded me of summer. Yep. In the middle of January. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's giving me some FOMO. Because, right. <laughs> I know. Because this, it just happens to be bucket list weekend. It does. And I'm watching things go by mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But they, I have to say, though, I was looking at Instagram today and um, they, the, the formal party um reminded me like less of the of the golden theme we had last last right. year. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. I mean they, there was everyone looked great, but I saw one where there was a tropical theme that was the Well that's first. the one we missed. Yeah, that's the one we missed. So <laughs> I was on a boat. Right. We were doing our damnedest together. <laughs> um but yeah, um but you're right. I didn't it wasn't the golden theme, but no. Do you think that was because Golden Girl was coming out? I think so. Oh, okay. I think that's cuz that was the new one. And okay. and then the first night was the Winter in Paradise theme. Right. So, yeah, that was the one that everybody was tropical and it was they all looked very cute. But yeah. Yeah, they I saw someone's video from the chicken box last night. I oh, I saw like, that oh, too. It looks crowded. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like more crowded than when yeah, we were there because yeah. we were still kind of under yeah. restrictions, so yeah. to speak. But so, anyway, but. anyway, we'll be discussing that shortly. Yes. Uh, but Endless Summer is a collection of some previously published, some previously unpublished short stories, novellas, and extra chapters based on the 28 books that Ellen has already written. Yes. Yes. Um, you can't really summarize this other no. than that because each each one is a different. It, is story. it nine different ones? Am I right about that? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yep, nine. Okay, mm-hmm. so nine extras based on the stories that she's already written. Um, I liked that we got a little bit of background in each one. Yeah, so um, that was good. I think she started. I think she did pretty much in chronological order, starting so. with starting with Beautiful Day. Was their first story? I mean, the extra, extra, yeah. yeah, and then just went on from there. Yeah, but well, okay, let's because there are some spoilers in these, right? A little bit. So, oh yeah. Um, let's talk first about what we decided to drink today because there was more than one book to contend with here, right? But there was always a common theme, so to yeah. speak. <laughs> I true. mean, it's, if you know anything about Ellen, it's white wine <laughs> yes wine across um, the board right so uh we but then there was the there was one scene where somebody was taking champagne and walking down the street with drinking that so yeah. so i you know here's a combination <laughs> of this is a bellini mm-hmm. um and i can't even g gm Melli, i can't even remember gm chelly gm bello gm bello maybe um but it's a sparkling white wine with uh peach juice okay so a little bit of a combination mimosa-esque it's very pretty. It is pretty. It's very uh, light peachy color. It looks like it's going to be really sweet. It does. I bet it's not, though. Wait, mm. before you oh. drink. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Which is good, because if I'm going to drink wine, it's gonna it has to be a sweet one, not a dry one. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, it's very it's, peachy, too. Yeah, I like the extra peach flavor. Mm-hmm. It's very bubbly, mm-hmm. which is fun. Um, yeah, it's a little summery for our middle of January. <laughs> it's <laughs> cold and gray outside uh, here where we are. Um, but the whole theme of this book, and it was, the release date for this was in cold weather. It was not a summer release. Right. Um, so I appreciate her. I think it was October or November, wasn't it? It could be. Yeah. I got it as a Christmas gift. Oh, okay. Um, but... I appreciate that we got a book full of summer stories. I know. The, it was well, like really refreshing. Right. <laughs> it was actually like really um, refreshing to read. Yeah. 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 So. And I was able to, I got it in enough time to between Christmas and our record date that I didn't have to like speed through it. I oh. got to enjoy each one, which I was glad about. 
Yeah, I, I started a while ago. I just actually finished on Friday. But, okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so summary drink to go with these summary stories while it's gross outside here. So, um, but before we get into the spoiler section of this cha- uh, book of chapters. <laughs> book of chapters. Book of chapters. Right. Some are longer than the others, yes. surprisingly. Uh, what are you reading now? Um. Well, um, I... I, like I was saying, I got a Kindle for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I downloaded my first book on that. And I was, I, and I'd done this before because I reckoned when I <laughs> downloaded it, it's like, oh, you already did this. Okay. So apparently, well, that's, a nice, I, that's a nice feature. I didn't read it when I did it for, but it's Laura Dave, The Last Thing He Told Her. Mm. Last Thing He Said to Her. Last Thing He Told Me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I started reading that yesterday after I set my Kindle up. And so um, I'm going to be going back and forth between that one. I'm very ambitious this month. I oh. when, when I was at the library the other day and I was looking through the new bookshelf, I chose three books off the new Good bookshelf. I don't know why. And I said to myself then and there, I'm never going to read these. <laughs> but... <laughs> but I thought, nope, new year, new, I'm going to read more. And so I took him anyway. Um, one of them happens to be our next book that we'll be discussing, okay. which we'll announce later. Yeah. But one of them happens to be that one. And then two other ones. So, but right now I'm going to uh, do the Laura Dave one and the other one. And then one in between. I'm going to do like three books at a time and maybe okay. I will get through it. All right. Mm-hmm. Do you have some sort of reading resolution for 2023? Well, man, you know, I do the Goodreads challenge, right. right, every year. And there was one year I actually read like 60 something books. Okay. And then I don't know what happened. Life got <laughs> <laughs> difficult or something. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I haven't been able to get so. And then I said, oh, I'll just lower my thing. So I lowered it to like 35 and I didn't even hit 35 books this year. Okay. So, well, so I'm thinking I, I might've done 20 or 25 this year. Okay. Um, for this upcoming year. So we'll see how that goes. I'm sure it, whatever you read is what you read. I mean, well, it is. I, I'm starting to feel a little bit like I need to snooze some of my online book groups because I'm feeling like there's. Like it's a competition, and I don't need any. I don't need any more of that. Right. Like, so, I yeah, I I am, am so impressed with the people who are reading like 150 books in a year or whatever. Oh I think that's great, but yeah, I'm not. Uh-uh. I don't. I've, maybe I just don't have the span for it right now. But and if it wasn't for audiobooks, I wouldn't. I wouldn't read half of what I was reading right now. Well, right. But, um. But I just, I wondered if, not that I was extending you a challenge, I just wondered if the reason you picked up three was no. because uh, they were, were on the shelf and I thought. Setting an intention. Uh, well, so I'm going to hope. Okay. The problem is they're new books and no, you don't have as long. Yeah. They but, have to be a little faster so turnaround. That's so. my, that's my incentive. Okay. Yeah. So All what right. are you reading? Um, I just started Lisa Unger's Secluded Cabin Sleeps Six. Mm. I'm starting the year with a with a scary book, so okay. I'm not sure why. Other well, I do know why. It was on my hoopla suggestions. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so I'm going with that, and and I finished this one, and then. Um, uh, right now, though, I'm watching a bunch of movies because I'm trying to get ahead of the Oscar nominations so that I'm oh. ready when the final list comes out. Okay. I've watched some wacky things this month. And, and you know, in December for me, it's it's all Christmas movies all the time. So. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Christmas and Hallmark, right? I do a lot of, do a lot of Christmas <laughs> watching. So I'm trying to catch up with my uh, with my Golden Globe and Oscar nominations and see so I don't miss anything, you know, really good. So watching a lot more than I'm reading right now. But I'm I'm I just found myself upping the speed on my audiobook on Secluded Cabin Sleep oh. Six because I'm really like we just got to a creepy part of the book and I'm excited to see what happens. So So is it like talking really fast then? Yes. I I bumped it to a one point seven five times speed. Usually I can't get past two. Like then it gets to be too High pitched, squeaky sounding for right. me. 1.75 seems to be my sweet spot okay. for audiobook speed, which is good because this one was 12 hours and I'm going to listen to it in like nine. Right. So that's nice. 
interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So we've done the drink. We've done the books we're reading now. Are you ready to get into the details of Endless Summer? Yes. All right. Um, so as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> so three, two, one. Spoiler alert. So I, I had read some of these already. Had you read any of these before? Um, I had read only one of the only one of them. Okay, mm-hmm. and that was the the goal uh, the workshop by the Golden. No, oh. no, no, the Six Wedding. Yes. Okay. The Six Wedding. Yep. Twenty eight summers. That's okay. It. Yep. All right. Oh, just out of curiosity, did you like the Did you like the Sixth Wedding any better than you liked Twenty Eight so. Summers? <laughs> Because, <laughs> as we all know, 28 Summers was not was my not favorite. I do not like Mallory. And I, Jake <laughs> is a redeeming, is redeeming. But even when I was reading this, I still did not like Mallory. Okay. Um, but when I first read The Sixth Wedding, mm-hmm. um, yes, I still don't like Mallory. Okay. But Jake redeemed himself in okay. my eyes. And so I liked it better. Um and then the second time I read it, I liked it even more. Oh, okay. so you know, it's maybe it was just my mood at the time. I'm still not a fan of Mallory. <laughs> still, am not a fan of Mallory. Um, but yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess let's. I guess let's run through them in order, just so we don't miss anything we wanted to make sure we said. Um, so, as I stated before, Ellen goes through and gives a little bit of background on how each story or chapter or novella comes into being. Um, some of these were released a while back. Some of them were ebooks that were sold separately. Some sometimes just in ebook format. So if you weren't right. an ebook reader, you couldn't have gotten them. And so they took them and collected them all into this one novel. And um, and it does span a, a length a, a length of time over her writing career. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, but it's. I I like I don't think there was one that I didn't like. Uh, uh, the one that the one that I didn't like the best probably the not the weakest one I don't want to say that but the one it was the workshop that was my least favorite. Okay, that was with that was Golden Girls mm-hmm. extra chapter with JP and Vivian. Okay, and um, that was my yeah I, I could take it or leave that one. And I, like of I think of all of her stories, Golden Girl is the most autobiographical, right? Vivi's life mirrors aspects of Ellen's oh, life. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. No, right. Ellen did not get run down by a car. I was going to say. With the kids and her friend yeah, and, the yeah, divorce, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and the yeah. husband and the divorce and yeah. whatever. Um, so, I, and then and in the intro, it talks about how that was based a little bit on her experience at the Johns Hopkins writing workshop. Right. So, right. Um, so that's interesting because I, like, Golden Girl is one of my favorites. Right. It's one of my favorite stories. Um, so I, wait, to clarify, are you saying that you didn't like it or that was the one you liked the least? That's the one I liked the least. It's not that I didn't like it, but it's the one I didn't like the least. But you know, it's funny because that was the one that, like, if you're the fly on the wall looking back over JP and Vivian's like relationship is like before, because it takes place right before they get married Mm -hmm. when she goes on this writer's workshop. And if you're the fly on the wall looking at, you know, some of the things he says to her, you're like, you should not be marrying that man. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but you didn't get that in the the story, you know, in Golden Girl itself. I was, I think I was annoyed with Vivi in that one because she was so reluctant to tell him that this is the thing she wanted to go do. Yes. Which, I mean, I guess just it it speaks to the character growth from this this extra chapter to the actual story of right. her life right cuz later on she wouldn't have been afraid to tell anyone anything. no and you know just his condescending tone when he his uh when she told him he was just like oh well you have a creative mind you know or yeah. something like it's like just like as an off comment or something yeah. like that yeah. I did. I had to chuckle out loud, though. And she was like, someday I'll I'll keep you in the life you've become accustomed yes. to with my stories. And I was like, and then, she did. And so. then he's like, well, as long as you don't write about me. And yeah. I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a good one. I mean, I did so. like it for that. But yeah, but anyway. So in the first one, it's called The Surfing Lesson. And that is a, an extra short story. Um, as related to Beautiful Day, like you mentioned. Is Beautiful Day still at the top of your Hildebrand it list? It still is because, you know, and I have to admit, I had to actually, a lot of these stories 
because it's been a while since I've read, mm-hmm. and I've read a lot of Ellen Hildebrand over the past couple of years, just because I went back and reread all of her yeah. older ones, and so they're all. Those are the ones that are on the top of my mind. Not, and I think "Beautiful Day" was like the first one that I actually read of hers ever, ever. Okay, and but no, it's still my favorite because I love the mom's advice at the beginning of each chapter. Okay, because the mom has died in "Beautiful Day," yeah. and and um, um, I can't even think of her name's getting married, and so her mom had left her like a notebook on how to get married, yep. and you know, because she wasn't going to be there, because she wasn't going to be there. So I still love. Those little tidbits of advice. Yeah. Um, this one was, this was a little heartbreaking. Because oh, from so. the onset, we know that Margot is getting ready to leave. Oh, she's already decided. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think that um, it's, uh, it was an interesting take on like her own self-reflection and on feelings that she had once before, both of love and of jealousy about this ex-girlfriend that they've run into in town. Right. And how she's using that as like a barometer of sorts to really decide if she's going to stick around and right. stay in this marriage. Um, and I I thought... <laughs> I, was, I was a little annoyed with Margot because she was like volunteering <laughs> right. husband about like, go to the surf lesson so that I can see how I feel about it. <laughs> It's like this is a terrible plan, right? Um, but so she, so Margot and Drum from Beautiful Day run into Drum's ex girlfriend while they're waiting in line at the juice bar on Nantucket, and um, Margot is surprised a little bit to find that she like she doesn't care. Previously, when they run into this person, it has she's felt like a little bit of jealous rage, and she's not feeling that at all, which is affirming for her what she's come to understand is that she doesn't really love her husband anymore. It's interesting that she never says she doesn't like him. Right. She just doesn't love him anymore. Right. And um there there is a difference. <laughs> yes, there, there is. There's a difference. Um and so she's using this meeting, this kind of chance meeting to um like set drum up. But I don't know for failure or success, but it, it does feel a little bit like a setup. Well, I just think she well I think it would make her feel better if if the chemistry between Hadley and Drum was still there. Yeah. And so like and then she would have something to say, aha, see you still in love with mm-hmm. her. I'm walking away. And like she needed a reason. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. So it's this uh, sort of awkward meeting. Uh, Drum is reluctant to give this surfing lesson to Hadley's son. Um I we don't I don't know that we ever really get a a feeling or a, a reason as to why because she sort of asks him why he didn't really want to do it and he's like eh, let's just drop it um despite still being a really strong surfer and formerly an instructor right so margo observes him from a distance giving this lesson um and i for a minute despite knowing how beautiful day plays out i really was like oh maybe they're going to stick it out for a little <laughs> well, bit longer yeah, no. and then <laughs> um and then she realizes that she's like she's going to plan this conversation on her way home to talk to him about it um it was a it was an interesting look um because if i recall correctly when we're reading this book there is some animosity in beautiful day yes and there's this doesn't feel like an aggressive start to that like no. decline of the relationship. And so um I I don't I I don't know. I don't I had never really I guess talked to a lot of people about the catalyst for their divorces, but it doesn't this seems like a, like a lot of thought goes into this and she's talking to her therapist and she's really evaluating and I think sometimes it's um it's also portrayed as like people are knee jerk reacting when they when they want to divorce someone. And so this was an interesting, like, she's not knee-jerk reacting. She's really, she's really evaluated. She's given it a lot of thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, again, that's just like, from what I've read and what I've seen, (laughs) I have have no idea what people's catalysts are really for that. But, um, but I did think it was interesting that even though we're like, she's watching from afar and she feels this affection and she knows why she married him in the first place. The chapter wraps with, I'm going to I'm going to say we had a great time, but right. <laughs> but it's done now. <laughs> so I was a little surprised by that. And, you know, I got to tell I was a little irritated with her also um, 
because I felt that she created who Drum was. Oh, okay. Um, just based on her, I mean, she was uh, she had a career. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the one that stayed home with the children. I mean, yeah. he was who he was all the time. She, all the time. It's mm-hmm. not like he changed. Sure. So, yeah, I, that's true. I, he's the same person he was then as he is now. Um, but she's not. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that's where she's getting she's getting in her own way. Right. <laughs> that. So. Right. Um, but yeah. So this was an I I'm going to I like quickly flipped back through Beautiful Day yes. after I read this, but not I'm going to. It's going it to. I feel like I need to go back and read all of these books probably, again. You know, probably. Just so they have a yeah. better reference. Um, the second one is The Tailgate, which is the prequel chapter or a prequel short story set. Um, before the matchmaker, which for a long time was my favorite Hildebrand novel, it was the first one I read, um, and I cried buckets at the end of the matchmaker. <laughs> oh, I was so yeah, sad about Dabney. Yeah, and, um, and Dabney's the one that can um, see auras around yes. people as a couple. And if it's green, it's I can't remember now. If it's green, it's good. If it's pink, it's not. I can't yeah, something like she that. She has a. Or is it color coded around. system? Yes, she does. Um, but <laughs> and she a knack can for matching people up. Look at the couple and say whether they're going to make it or not, depending on the aura, the color of the aura around her, them. Yeah. Um, this one, um, I had sort of, I had, I had not sort of, I had forgotten some details about Dabney and Clen, um, specifically things like Dabney's anxiety about going anywhere. I had forgotten that too, and. I have to tell you, in the years since I've read this book, I myself have developed some <laughs> issues about being in crowded places. And um, this, so this one hit a little harder for well, me. It wasn't just about crowded places. No. It was about being off of Nantucket Island. And Harvard, so Dabney goes to Harvard, Clen goes to Yale. Um, it's the weekend of the Harvard-Yale football game. And Dabney has promised over and over that she's coming to see Clen uh, at Yale and keeps bailing. Yes. She has. She's. She prefer to go home every right. weekend. She says at one point in the book that Nantucket it recharges her. Yeah. And so she goes to school these four days a week at Harvard. She goes home for the three days. She feels better, and she goes, and then she's able to get back to Harvard. Going to Harvard was a big step for her. So this traveling to Yale and going yet to another unfamiliar place without getting that recharge from the island is stressful to her. Right. And. She, But she commits to this visit. She does. And then, because she has been so unreliable in the past, Clen changes their plans because he doesn't actually think she's coming. Right. So he makes alternative plans. Yeah. Not and good alternative plans. not good. Plans. No. <laughs> no. And, um, and so in The Matchmaker, they, they find each other again. But it's been years and years. That since this incident right. and um, and in the tailgate, Dabney goes through the effort of of getting there with these. She <laughs> they had to get a ride. This was blowing my mind. Like, I wasn't really thinking about this, <laughs> but this is uh, this is in the 70s. I no, think- sorry. Nope. Uh, Mid 80s. And so not, you know, only some people had cars at school and there wasn't. Nobody was just like jumping on a train or whatever. It was they had to make arrangements to get places, and you know they no one had a cell phone, so right. like they had to plan to meet right <laughs> at a time and a, a, a location. Yep. Um, and so in this one, she's she's riding to Yale with her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend, who is showing her like a weird amount of attention and affection. Um, but she just she just wants to get there. Like she's committed. She's doing it. She's going to get there. She's going to prove to him that she can hold up her end of the bargain. And then she gets there, and it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. She uh, finds that Clen has. Well, I don't. So here's the deal. I mm-hmm. don't understand. Did he reciprocate? I can't think of her name. Jocelyn. Jocelyn's um, affection because. She, Dabney walks up, you know, goes, he says, I'm going to go. So they're sitting in the football stand. Jocelyn gets up to go to whatever. Yeah. Um, Clan says, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get you a Coke or something like that. And he doesn't come back and he doesn't come back. So she goes to look for him. Mm -hmm. And then she finds them together. And Jocelyn has her arms around Clan's neck. It's something of an embrace. Yes. Yes. And um, 
And so, and then Jocelyn walks away or something, and then Klein sees her and comes to her. And and so she confronts him, and his response is, I was telling her that I'm in love with you or something to that effect. So because <clears throat> Dabney has repeatedly canceled on Klein, he decided to accept an invitation to a formal with Jocelyn. I to your first question, I don't know. I don't think that he has like physically cheated on Dabney with Jocelyn. Um he and I don't think that because at this point in the story he says to her, "I've made clear I'm taken." Okay. I do remember that, but but he was feeling bad because she needed a date to this formal and she was going like with her it was a, like a student alumni thing and her parents were going to be there. So I think that he was going to go with her to this party and it was going to give people the illusion that they were a couple. But he was trying to make, you know, to say to Dabney, like, no, 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 she knows that, you know, you're my girlfriend or whatever. But he also was like, she's not very good at hearing the word no. And so I, 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 Dabney had every right to be mad (laughs) because it, what it sounded like was that he was going to go to this party no matter what. And she was going to be like left behind oh, she's in be his room to, yeah. to read or whatever when she specifically came to see him. Right. And because he told her a lie. Then that was the part of it that was sort of iffy. Like he was like, oh, no, I got to work on the paper. Right. And he absolutely did not have to work on the paper. That was just the story that he concocted. And she found that out. So I think it was like a culmination of the. I don't I don't think that she didn't trust him. I just think that it was that he lied to her and he was going to leave her alone after she had done this big, brave thing for her. And then she walks away and he doesn't he doesn't try. No, he just lets her go. And so then fast forward to whenever (laughs) Matchmaker takes place years and years later. And there's still these like hurt feelings. Right. So um, this one, like the Matchmaker, was sad. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> this was a sad one. And I I mean, it's been a long time since I've been in college, but there, you know, there's you don't forget those feelings oh, of like right. terrible right. drama and heartbreak when right. you're you know, you're trying to figure out what's you know, what your relationship looks like. And um this was one where I I understood why she was so upset still in the matchmaker. After I read this chapter. Right. Yeah. So. Then came Barbie's wedding from The Rumor. Ru- so The Rumor actually happens to be one of my favorite books, too, but just the way oh, it's good. written. You take this one. Well, well, <laughs> well, just the way it was written, because it's it's like it was written in the third person. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, And just the way it starts out, how a rumor takes effect, you know, and I didn't go back and read other than I read a very short summary of the rumor because I don't remember any details in okay. it. Other than to know that Barbie is um, so Barbie's wedding. Yeah, uh, Barbie is Fast Eddie Panchik's sister. Yes, and in the rumor, Fast Eddie was the real estate agent yep. that got caught in a um, prostitution ring. Yep, correct. Um, come to find out, Barbie was also involved in that ring, but she. Did not get caught. She did a better job <laughs> right. hiding her involvement. <laughs> right. <laughs> However, she is now um, getting ready to marry Glenn. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember Glenn from the rumor. Obviously, he was in there, but I don't remember. Um, and anyway, it's. Um, I thought this was very sweet at the end. Yes. Um, because uh, Glenn has a no. Glenn has a daughter too. Does he not? Wasn't there a daughter involved? Nieces. Nieces. Okay. So anyway, at the very end, Glenn goes back um, and gets Eddie out of jail jail for one day to be at her wedding. Yes. I thought that was very sweet. That was nice. But That was uh, the nicest part of this story for me. Well, right. Because, you know, (laughs) Barbie is hiding all of this from Glenn, all in her involvement. I mean, there's a lot of secrets there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And she's hiding all that from Glenn. And her friend Molly, is it her friend Molly? Yeah. Keeps telling her, you need to tell him, you need to tell him, you need to tell him. And and I think at the very end, she has a thought that, yes, she does need to tell him because of what he did for her. Isn't that... 
she has that thought a lot in this well, short story. she does story. have it a lot. And then she, you know, uses it as an excuse or uses something as an excuse not to tell. Right. And so uh, where um, where the Golden Girl chapter, I think, showed a lot of the character development, this one just showed no, there's that no. Barbie was the same across, right. <laughs> across everything. And the expectation, I thought this was funny, the expectation that... So, Glenn, she works for Glenn, right? Yeah. So he hires her after the whole, you know, scandal. Scandal. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's in the office for, I don't know, whatever. And then all of a sudden she's engaged to Glenn, the boss. And so the women in the office aren't really that fond of her. No. But she expects a, a wedding shower from them. Oh, <laughs> And she that cracked keep, me up. She keeps coming in every day. I wonder, you know, is today still no wedding shower, still no wedding shower. But the expectation that they're going to give her a wedding shower, she's worked with them like five minutes, five minutes and got engaged to the boss. And and she's not a very nice person at all. I mean, she's really not. Uh, yeah. She's. I mean, I think she tries, but she misses. Secondary character. There's (laughs) a lot. She's complex, right? Yeah. She tries, but she just doesn't. She doesn't hit the mark half the time. Um, But I just thought at the very end, I think she saw a glimpse of kindness. You know what I mean? Where Mm -hmm. she she could strive to be that kind person as Glenn was for her. If you truly loved each other, right? Yeah. So, and there's the other question: Does she truly love Glenn? Or is he a way out? (laughs) uh, No, I think that she does. And the reason that I think that, and this is going to be way out of left field, the reason I think that is because um, of the crystal ball. (laughs) Oh, right. Because she she really (laughs) wants to know if they're going to make it. And she does feel a lot like, oh, I I know I need to tell him these bad things that I've done. And is some of it, is some of that her protecting him a little bit? I don't know. But... um, she knows when the crystal ball is like gray and foggy what she needs to do, but she's really I don't I don't think she's doing it so much to protect herself as much as she doesn't want him to think badly of her. Right. And and in her in her head, like okay, the other thing is she like with the necklace, right? She told him that some guy bought her the pearl that she bought yes, herself with yes, her first like big yes. paycheck or whatever. Right. And despite and I'm not, and I am not saying that women should do this, but despite <laughs> um, her like tying so much of her identity to that piece of jewelry, like right. she lets him buy her a new piece of jewelry, and she puts that necklace on, and she's like, "I'm not, I'm just not going to tell him." So I think that, yeah, Barbie love is the equal of like n- not intentionally hurting Glenn's feelings. Right, I can see that. Um, but she's a messed up. Yeah. <laughs> this whole story so was a mess. Right. right? <laughs> but. And like, and poor Grace, you know, here Grace has got her own drama going on with Eddie, like going to jail. Oh, and she's yeah. trying to like keep her family together and her kids like, right. you know, in one piece. And, and, and then she does finally say, oh no, I should have thrown you a shower. I'm so sorry. I dropped the ball on this. And Barbie's very magnanimously like, oh no, it's fine. What what could I possibly need? But in the meantime, she was like secretly mad about it. Yeah. Uh, Grace had enough going on without also having to carry the bulk of this emotional right. load here. But yeah. But um, yeah, the ending was nice. I think that was the nicest part of this whole, right. this whole story. Just, so, oh, yeah. but it's, you know, the there was a lot happening in the rumor that that was that was one of the first books that I read when I when I read it and I was like, is there is there this much drama really happening on Nantucket all the time? Right, because right. there was a lot going on. The island's not that big, right? <laughs> so, well, it's a small island, yeah. right? So then we get to the Country Club, which is a companion piece to the Identicals. Mm-hmm. Um, I blanked on this one when I first started it. Completely forgot that Eleanor was like a fashion designer. Uh, oh yeah, extraordinaire. Yeah. Yes. I had forgotten that. Yes. Um, yeah, because it it focused more on, in my opinion, the the, uh, the identicals focused more on the twins relationship, oh, the sisters. Yeah. Um, but not so much other than the fact that she fell down and broke her hip, and that's what the catalyst for all the exchange and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. 
I do like a little. I did. I did like the the origin story of their parents though, because there was always that little like unknown about how did Eleanor wind up with Billy, mm-hmm. right? When mm-hmm. her and so I do like that bit of it. Um, but I think that I liked the identicals because I liked the twin story. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> this one was very much a, a Eleanor sort of falls for a boy that she shouldn't have. <laughs> Right. According to her parents. Right. He wasn't. Um, he didn't have the money. He was, right. He was just like on the cusp. Right. Of, <laughs> of being everything that they wanted. No um, title. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I I think maybe of all of them, this one was the one for me that I, I like take it or leave it. But I think that's because I liked I didn't. I liked the story of the twins more and the identicals. I didn't care so much about Eleanor. I like I like an origin story, but right. um, this one was it was long. It was for long. what we got from it. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't. So. Um, yeah, I thought so too. I do like that uh, Rhonda, which was her cousin, yeah, redeemed herself. Yep. Um, because Rhonda's the one that showed up with Billy at the party <laughs> as her yeah. date. But Rhonda yeah. was strung out on whatever drugs she was using Something. at the time. Yeah. And so Billy and um, Eleanor hit it off and then they started dating. But then Rhonda shows up again at their wedding when they get married. Yep. And here she is. And it's Eleanor's dad that um, mentored her, I guess it would be, wasn't it? Uh, did he mentor her? Or did well, he, just like, give her money. <laughs> or did he like threaten to take it all away? If well, she didn't get or something it like that. Yeah, I don't know. But she shows up at the wedding. She's a totally different person. She's in school, you know, yeah. and she's got yeah. her stuff together. Um, and she wishes them well, even yeah. though that was, you know, who she yeah. brought. Um, I think it's interesting that in a lot of these, over, like overwhelmingly, the message is hopeful, not the tailgate. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> But in a lot of these, it very it was oh, like I agree. people were still in a place in their lives where they were happy and everything wasn't a mess. Right. So that was that yeah. was nice. Um. So Frank Sinatra Drive was the companion to the Perfect Couple. And you know, there's a lot going on in the Perfect Couple too. Yeah. It's kind of like the rumor. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of storylines in that one. There were a lot of story, a lot of characters that you had to follow. Like I still. Reading this story. So basically, the story is um, so the perfect couple is the wedding that was going supposed to take place on the island, and mm-hmm. the bride, the maid of honor, mm-hmm. ends up dead on the beach. Uh-huh. And so that, you know, but you know, come to find out, um, the bride was in love with a groomsman. A groomsman. Right. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and so this is the story of what would have happened. It's an alternate reality type of story by yeah. the main character, uh, Shooter Uxley, mm-hmm. um, who was the groomsman that the bride Celeste was in love with. Yeah. So this is his take on what would have happened um, if things had turned out differently. Yeah. You know, and so they're, so they're now, Celeste and Shooter are now in Palm Springs because she leaves Benji mm-hmm. to go to Palm Springs to be with Shooter. And that's where you get Frank Sinatra Drive. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> Have you? I've been on Frank Sinatra Drive. <laughs> I like Palm Springs. Um, I've never been to the Ritz at Palm Springs. <laughs> but yes. Um, I I liked the choose your own adventure description of this. Right. I, you know, it was... I, I wonder how many times authors wish they had the opportunity to give a second alternate ending to something, right. especially with an ending as as kind of a as kind of a bombshell as this one. Right. Um, so I liked that she got the opportunity to write what she would have liked to see happen for these two people. Um, this one, this one, though. It, it. I think of all of them, it felt the most like an extension of the actual book. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah. Um, and maybe that's just because we were reading it in in the same like time frame as the actual story. It wasn't a prequel. Right. It wasn't you know a, back in time, ten yeah. years later or whatever. Right. Um. But I liked I liked the description, and I would like to believe that in the end, Shooter and Celeste, like it's worth it, and they're happy Wait. ever after. Right. Right. <laughs> I hope yeah. that's true. And in in his fantasy world, Benji, the groom that Celeste left, yeah, <laughs> it's like 
uh, here's a beer, dude. Yeah. He just like shows up. Yeah, right. Everything's good. No worries. (laughs) It's all fine. (laughs) Right. You guys are better suited to each other anyway. I'm going to be okay. And I was like, wow, this, yeah, it's a stretch. Um, But... You know, I think if you're writing, if you're writing like a perfect ending for some people, right. then, then uh, there you go. That would be it, right? right. Um, yeah, I I liked this one, um, but I I hope it's not like two rose colored glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I did like this. We'll one. We'll never know. No, well, I mean, we do know. Celeste and Shooter make we it. They're fine. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> they buy a house in Palm Springs and live with their parents. Right. Everybody's happy. So. Okay, so we talked on we touched on the sixth wedding right. a little bit already. Um, this one I had this one I had read before. Yeah. I I caved and bought it when it was an ebook because I it wasn't, oh, yeah, I it wasn't that long after I had read right. the sixth or the twenty eight summers and I was like oh I have to see what happens. Right. Sixth wedding refers to Cooper's sixth wedding, Mallory's brother. Mm-hmm. And in case you don't remember, twenty eight summers is the one of Mallory and Jake where they meet once a year on Labor Day. Uh, to carry out their secret affair 28 years 28 years in a row and um but mallory's brother cooper is like a serial groom (laughs) yes absolutely (laughs) And, and um and this is we i think because people had so 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 many questions after 28 summers came out about where these characters wound up because we like so we know mallory dies jake is still married to ursula at the time Yes. That Mallory passes. Yes. Um, And Mallory's son and Jake's daughter have a chance meeting. Um, We don't we don't know what's happened to Leland. We don't know what's happened to Frey. We know they have some successes, but I think she just got so much feedback about, well, you know, where what happens to them? And so this is how we find that out. And so they set up a reunion weekend at Mallory's cottage on Nantucket and Everybody who was there the first summer that Mallory and Jake, with the exception of Mallory, that Mallory and Jake met, they all go back. And right. this, it, it's a little bit like chasing a dragon for me. <laughs> like, you can, and and, it, and by no means was it a perfect weekend. No. Frey almost drowned. Uh, Leland bails on everybody for who she thinks are better people. Right. Um, you know, Jake's cheating on his girlfriend with his friend's sister. Like, it's not a perfect weekend by any means, but they they try to recreate the magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so I do like that um, we, we do get some closure for a lot of the characters. Um, I love that Link and Bess find each other again to sort of hash out what happened with their parents, but also they're like they're developing their relationship on their own terms which is nice um i sincerely hope for cooper's uh sake that this is his final wedding Wedding? (laughs) because his fiance his new fiance seems pretty sure that's going to be true um when we when we talked about 28 summers we talked a lot about how she kicked off every chapter with like the year yes the yearbook recap right she does that again here um, which I, what are we talking about in 2023? Right. <laughs> I, like, I don't know, but I, I hope some of these are right. <laughs> so, um, so that was good. I, yeah, but this one, um, if you didn't like 28 Summers, you absolutely shouldn't read this extra. Oh, I don't know. Because, you know, like I said, um, I really liked that, uh, after all that time, mm-hmm. see, it just goes to show you that Mallory needed to go away. <laughs> because after all that time, you know, at the very end, Jake and Ursula, like Jake is swiping through, you know, who he's on a dating app and yeah. he's looking for a match. And who comes up is Ursula. He gets matched with Ursula. He gets matched with Ursula and he calls her and she's like, and he's like, I need a date for a wedding. Or she says something to the effect of. Yeah. Do you need it? Cooper's getting married and she's like, do you need a date? Yeah. And, you know, it's like, yes, that's exactly what should have happened like 27 years ago. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sorry. Except, except that Jake and Ursula have divorced by now. I know. They- <laughs> but they should have never gotten divorced. Well, but what if it took them 
getting that space that they needed from each other. And Ursula's career to like settle down. She was in the middle of that presidential she was, run. She was. And now she's like found something that's making her happy. She's she's living her life like quietly and, and how she really wanted it. And it, so I'm not sure in 28 Summers that any of those people was perfectly happy ever. No, I, I but, don't agree. But I think um, that I think that the conclusion wouldn't have would have come sooner mm. if Mallory wasn't in the picture. Okay. <laughs> Mallory was just manipulative. <laughs> but Jake had nothing to do with that. Well, you know, like like I said, he redeemed himself in this story. I yeah. didn't necessarily care for him. In but that Mallory story. doesn't even get that chance. No, she doesn't, and that's the problem, right? Yeah. yeah but, so such is life, right? <laughs> We don't always get to we don't. change what's happening. Right. Um, okay, so then there was the workshop for Golden Girl. This is the one where before Vivi and JP get married, they uh, Vivi decides she's going to the writer's workshop. And yes. we, when we heard Ellen speak about writing, we heard her talk about oh, going boy. going to Johns Hopkins and really it just wasn't what she thought it was going to be. And she was she cried the whole time and she was so upset. And... Then finally, the like the therapist or something at the school was like, you know, you need to do it, right? And she's she's like, oh, he's going to tell me to go home. <laughs> he's like, right about Nantucket. And such, you know, this career was born. Right. Um, I, I, a whole chapter dedicated to somebody like writing a chapter was, it could have been a little shorter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought it was funny that... Um, she thought that her roommate stuff was such garbage, no. <laughs> and then that wound up being the one, the first one. People were like, "It's going to be published." Um, yeah. But I'm glad that she found. I mean, obviously, Vivi found some success because right. she would not have been the character we knew in Golden right. Girl. Um, but I, yeah, I. It's a little. It's too bad she wouldn't have had the life she had if she hadn't married JP. But. Um, it, this one to me was a little bit like if you're afraid to talk to, to, to tell him about this thing that yes. you really want to do. Take a hard look at what you're doing. Right. <laughs> right. So, exactly. But Golden Girl wouldn't have been what it was if if she had not married him in the first place. Correct. So there's that. And then Summer of 79. Had you already read that? Nope. Okay. So nope. Summer of 69 um, was uh, Ellen and her twin brother were born in July of 69. So that was a it was a special year for her to write about. It was a very tumultuous summer on Nantucket for the for this family. The the Kirby Larson Foley family, right? Foley, so, Levin, Whalen. Yes. Okay. And um, and it there were a lot of storylines in that one too. You there, know why I like this one? Why did you like that? Because one? this one is more of a um, they don't live on the island. Mm-mm. These are their summer homes, mm-hmm. and so to me, it was more of like they spend all summer there or a good part of the summer there. So it was just a different viewpoint from the ones that actually live on the island. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so in summer 69, we learn about the beginning of some relationships. There were some really uh, major world events that happened in 69. And so we fast forward in this chapter, extra chapter, 10 years um, to, again, see where the characters have landed. <laughs> and um, things are still not settled for a lot of them. No, not at all. <laughs> um, the, the 79 one is when the grandmother dies, Exalta. Yes. Yeah, so that this is that brings them all together for her funeral. Yes. Um, and so the kids, it's Kirby, T- Tiger, and Blair, and then Jesse. Yes. Um, they've yeah. all got different they, they've all got, phases of drama happening right, in their lives. Exactly. But this return trip to Nantucket helps settle some things for it does. most of them. Yeah. And then... Um, and I think I like these. So the la- these are the last two: summer of seventy nine, mm-hmm. and then summer of eighty nine. Okay. And so th- it's it's a continuous story to some degree. Yes. You yes. know, so like you didn't have to remember. So you read summer, and even summer of sixty nine. It's summer of seventy nine. It's a continuation of the story. It's not before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So it was just this continuous story. Kind of like the one from Beautiful Day. Yeah. Yep. And so um, that's what I liked about both yeah. of them. And then in summer of 89, too, it's like <laughs> there's still not a lot of closure there. No. Um, but it, yeah, some things close and some th- some people get more settled. But yeah. Um, yeah. I was surprised, and I, I guess we're, let's talk about these together because you're right. It is. It just feels like one continuous, it is. extra, extra story. Um, 
I do feel like in summer of 89, the characters, um, it's Kate especially, are a little more relaxed. Yes, and more uh, and accepting. I don't know if accepting is the word, but... Um, Open-minded. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and we... I But I... I laughed out loud when we found out that George was having a relationship with his mother's <laughs> well, best friend, friend and thought that by taking her to Nantucket that nobody was going to like that he was going to be able to tell the story in his own timeline. I was like, I, I've been in Nantucket one time. <laughs> I've read 28 books about it. I don't know why you think this is going to happen. <laughs> Somebody's going to spill the beans, guy. Right. <laughs> and um, so but I did. Uh, I did like at the end of summer of 89 because we got we got a lot more about Blair's twins. Yes. And this is the this is the summer they turned 20 and um, they both made some interesting life choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of them get they get some they may they get some hard lessons that summer. Right. And um, but it seems to be that even in the short conversation we hear from them at the end that they've they've learned those lessons. They've yes. um there, I, I have I had hope for them too at the end of this one <laughs> that they were going to get uh, you know get a little more settled. They're twenty. No one's settled right. when no you're twenty, right? But um, but that these were things that they were gonna they were gonna carry for a while, right? <laughs> so I won't ruin it all of it because I, I know we're in spoilers, but it, the fun of this is gonna be is reading through it because the, that relationship and then Genevieve's development of the. Oh, the forbidden fruit, fruit love. Right. And then it's not so forbidden anymore. Right. Is, um, that was a big uh, eye opener for her. But it was entertaining to read. It really was. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so I won't spoil it, all no. of that. So um, it's fun to have all of this extra in one spot. It really is. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and I think that Ellen says she's going to be done after 30 books. This is the kind of thing that I think. I would really like to see from her if she's not going to write whole books. Oh, like, right. you know, go back to some of the fun stuff that you didn't get to include before. Right. And um and and keep write short stories. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we right. just need a little snippet every time. Yeah. So, no. so yeah, good choice and um it was nice, yeah, like you said to um get a dash of summer as we moved into winter time. Right. Yeah. So, so. All right, so what are we reading next month? So next month, we are going to do Lessons in Chemistry. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember the name of the author right offhand. Just FYI. Bonnie Garmus. Oh, there we go. So, yeah. Yep. It's a popular book. It is. Um, rumor has it they're turning it into a TV series. Oh, really? Okay. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. They also said that about Devil in the White City, and that's falling apart. So oh, who knows? <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> so, all right. All so right. we'll be back in February to talk to you about lessons in chemistry. In the meantime, stay warm if you're somewhere that's cold. Enjoy whatever you're reading and drinking. Yes. And we'll talk to you then. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.